Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter, and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A where you all ask the questions and we answer. We being me and my fearless co-host, Kristen Williams, lit senior extraordinary teacher and physical therapist. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. All right. Let's launch right in. So this is a question from Christine Para. She asks, I have a question for Wednesday Q&A. Why does it feel so calming whenever we place our palms on the chest and belly? What a great question. Well, I think there's a couple of responses. I mean, the first is, it is a really grounding thing. When you just put your hands to your body, it's almost you're a signal to your brain, like it's grounding, you know, and a grounding experience is what calms your nervous system down. So you always think of people who are anxious, they're they're kind of, they aren't grounded. They're like unhinged, literally like, what? And so just that putting the hands to the body, especially over those area where we, 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 in our mind, at least metaphorically, really attached to our center and our heart. I think it has an immediate visceral, spiritual, physical, physiological response at grounding us, at being like, okay, I'm here now. And I'm okay. Because again, anxiety is usually taking you out of the present moment. And what I always say about the body, and this is why I love movement so much for so many reasons, is your body is always present. You know, you might have reminders of the past that come up, but it's here right now. Whatever you're doing, you're feeling in your body. Your body's not like thinking about yesterday or thinking about five weeks from now. It's here and so really putting your hands on your body is a, is a way of your body's already present. And it's just kind of, it's, it's almost like that, not only that reminder, but a, that af- affirmation 
like, oh, I'm here now. And I, and that's why it feels so calming um, and comforting. Just like when you put a hand on a baby sleeping or something, or who's like wrestling around, it's just that like, you're here. That would be my response. Yeah. I was kind of right there when you said baby, I think of, you know, that's the reason we swaddle babies, you know, bringing things in close to your chest. It just has that, it is that calming, it's the grounding. Um, I think it, it brings your, your focus to your heartbeat, to your breath. You know, you can, we use hands for tactile cues when, you know, when we want to feel something move, we place the hand upon it because it brings our brain there and away from distraction. So when you bring your hand to your heart and to your belly, you're feeling the belly breath, you're feeling the chest breath, and you're feeling the heartbeat. And it, it, I think it just allows your brain to settle into that, into that, that sense of, like you said, just that, that grounding, that calming, that, that, that parasympathetic little hug. And just like you said, we do with our kids, you know, when, when my, particularly my son used to get a little anxious, I would just, you know, put my hands on him, but then I would count his bones and just, you know, and then I got to be the, all kids wanted me whenever they were, didn't feel well, come, can you come count my bones? And just, just the, the, the sensation of touch. It, it brings the brain, I think, just that I would not be surprised that they've probably done studies where they have watched like the EEG pattern and you see it calm just with touch. Mm-hmm. And that includes self-touch. So keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get your hands on your body when you want to really center and um, whether it's to focus meditatively, physiologically, just to, you know, get more movement out of a body part, but, and even in your Shavasana, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I love that. What a beautiful question. Um, this is from Farah Bitar. And we, we covered this a little bit in last week, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm really interested to know your thoughts on the three bandhas. So the three bandhas, for those of you who aren't sure, um, these are considered like energetic locks, meaning they're not actual, you know, there's a joint and it moves. The bandhas are more of an energetic lock. And the idea is that if you look at this skeleton, you would look for where there would be some opening for Raymond or hole. And if energy is running, once you start putting in all the muscles and stuff, some of those holes are still there and they have fascial surroundings, but energetically there could be a leak of energy or a kind of just that energy would be lost a little bit. So one of them, the, the root one is in um, right at the bottom of the pelvis where there, if you look again at a pelvis, there's a large hole there and that's filled in with pelvic wall, fascia to hold the contents of the reproductive organs and um, organs of elimination. So so that is an energetic seal. So it doesn't like, you're not dispersing down. That that would be the, the root banda. The next one up, the Uriana banda is more of um, at the top of the bowl of the pelvis, where there is also some potential, quote unquote, leak of energy. And you seal that with this um, Uddiyana Bandha, meaning flying up. So it's pulling the transverse back and then lifting all of that kind of contents of the guts up, almost like you were tucking them under your rib cage. So it's a very intense uh, seal of energy. And the top 
the Jalandhara, the, the, the top, the throat one is just like if you opened up a bottle of Coke and you put the cap on, you wouldn't want the leaking out. So you just close that energy off with the, the jaw lock. So I think metaphorically and, and energetically, there's a, I really love the ideas of bandhas. I don't speak to them because I think that I put it more into a functional kind of idea. And I think that's part physical therapy. And that's part also what I think lands for people. I'm not against, I wouldn't be against calling them those names. And I think that what they really can help is they can help you hold to your center. Because if you think about it, it's from the bottom of your pelvis to right where your skull sits on your cervical spine, which is essentially your core. So it's really trying to get engagement there. And you do it in like, it's like a dial. If you had the volume, it's like you volume it all the way up so you can really feel it. It's like if I took my fist and I clenched it as hard as I can and then I release, you know, I have I have command over how much of a hold. And so the bondas are good for just experiencing how strongly you can hold something. But as we mentioned last week, it's not something that you just hold and never let go of. It's a it's it's working it so you understand it. So then you have the adaptability to fine tune and figure out like what part of all those different locks can I engage to the amount that I need to support me as I move in space. And that doesn't stop because when you practice bondas, you're really doing it with unretention, no breath. So you want to be able to breathe. And if you're holding bondas, you're not going to be able to breathe very effectively. So that would be my take on it. It's I think it's very helpful to practice them if you have somebody who can help you experience them, knows what they're doing. Um, not that it's unsafe, but just that you can not be confused about what you're supposed to be doing to really get that feeling because it's amazing to really feel deep, deep proximal stability and then learn how to fine tune it that you you have that echo of the banda, but you're not, you know, it's not limiting your breath and your movement. No, I would agree with that. I think of the Banda, you know, if you want to liken it to workout, it's the one rep max. You know, it's your way of knowing, it's your way of gauging what, how much you have. And then, so you know what your one rep max is, but you never work out at that one rep max. You work at a percentage of that, and then you can modify how much you need to, you know, either increase that one rep, you know, if that's, if that's your goal. And to your point, this, you know, learning how to do these bandhas, um, it is not intuitive to some, to very small percentage of person people. It, it is to most people. It's not something you can just do on your mat. You have to do it outside of the mat. Also, it needs to have a regular practice, uh, to be, to be built just like, you know, you were, would, would work out at the gym with weights. It's, it's, it's a very direct intentional practice that needs work. It doesn't come intuitively. It needs practice uh, to really become, I think, successful with it, with whatever in your intention is. So I think of the Banda as the one rep max. I don't do them that often. I think I tend to work at more of the below, you know, max. Mm-hmm. I'm, I always have some sort of a Banda going on at certain times when I need it. But um, I but I do probably the Udiana Banda is the one I do the most. And maybe the root Banda, you know, to really kind of see what can I do? But other than that, yeah, one rep max. That's my, that's my thought. (laughs) Yeah. 
I, I think that's great. Um, so in that regard, I have another question about energy. All right. So this person asked, Vicky Distin, Oxygen Mass Theory is her name on Instagram. I've been including functional movement into yoga classes, but wondering about how to not lose the energy of the yoga. I assume when the asanas were developed, it was not for functional movements, but rather for balancing subtle body energy. Sometimes when I take a yoga class that has good biomechanics, I feel like the yoga has been thrown out and I miss the energetic aspect. How do we not throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak? So I think this is something that a lot of people not a lot, but some people can struggle with, especially if they've started more in a traditional quote-unquote path. And then all of a sudden you're doing some more kind of perceived functional movement in there. And um, so maybe there's no more like sitting and pranayama at the beginning of class or, or, or maybe it's just the flow of the energy. Uh, you know, sometimes I remember long ago when I started teaching this way, I mean, over a decade ago, I was always mystified by the people who were like, I like to just go and flow and not think. And I thought to myself, okay. Um, And so that's kind of how a lot of the yoga was just like, you would just name the pose, you'd go into it. And it's not like you weren't thinking, but I think it might've had more of that subtle body energy balancing stuff. And I think there's a a balance. And I think the, the thing... We were talking about this last week with breath. I think the thing that a lot of people do is they they put things in boxes and bins to understand them. You know, it's easier to understand if you are told like don't hold your abdominals while you're breathing. That's easier to understand than to say actually you you want to have core engagement while you're breathing, but you don't want to you don't want to tighten too much because you want the freedom of breath so that you can actually have some of the movement of the rib cage in a variety of ways. That's a lot harder to to understand than just say, don't do this. So it's very, I'm not saying you're doing this per se, Vicky, but it's very, I think it's so common that we adapt to what's common, which is we like very binary things. We like things that are black and white and not mixing. You know what I mean? Not mixing it because it feels inauthentic or wrong or something. So the first thing I would say is <laughs> the very first yoga exercises were based on military exercises. All right, the asanas were very in, in the evolution of yoga, very young. So actually, they had a lot of functional movement. They had a lot of very strong, powerful. And then, then you have some of the um, original Indian teachers who brought yoga to the West, so to speak, like Iyengar, who was doing it for therapeutic value because there was somebody that was injured. You know, there was a person with polio. Iyengar himself had. And so there was a therapeutic value. So there was, the point is, and actually Iyengar has a great video about this. And aside from the fact that he was slightly verbally abusive, I would have posted it, but I, I know that there's so many, unfortunately, of these gurus who now, you know, now the curtains have been drawn back. We see that there's some major flaws. But what he said is yoga, just like science, is always evolving. And so we have to be comfortable with that. Just like we have to be comfortable with life is evolving. You know, if we had looked at where we are now 10 years ago, we'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe everybody's on computers and phones all the time. Is that terrible? And I thought that. And then it was my beautiful sage dad who said, 
who's to say what's better, right? Like we evolve, we adapt, things change. So you're not losing any energy if you if you put in functional movement. Only if you think in your brain somehow that this functional movement is invading the yoga space. Well, then you have put it into a box. And yoga is not meant to put into a box. It is what is going to help you achieve a higher state of consciousness and balance. Yoga is about balance. And it's not like balancing on one leg balance. It's about creating that balance, that physiological, spiritual, emotional, you know, life balance where you are in the most amount of harmony with yourself and others around you. So that's a very long answer to say that you're not throwing anything out. If you like it, do it. If you don't like it, that's a different situation, but you're not you're not losing any energy. I feel my most in line and most spiritual when I'm really centered in my body and I'm light. Oh my god, I feel like I weigh 5 pounds sometimes. That is like, woo. That's like ether. I'm going into the ether. <laughs> you know, and I would not get that way if I didn't put in some all the great moves we we do. And that's where I really realized, you know, about 15 years ago, there is a, a gap in terms of movement intelligence and practice on the mat. And so that was really, for me, super important so that I could consistently feel that lightness as much as possible. That's a huge long answer. Kristen, I want to hear your answer. What do you think? No, I, well, I mean, you know me, I'm definitely, I'm a, I'm a lit disciple for sure. However, I am also a person who likes variety. And so every now and then I do like to go to a, you know this, I like to go when, especially when I'm, I'm traveling, I'll go check out a different, you know, yoga studio. And I, I know what you're talking about, Vicki. So there are much more traditional, it's the same poses. There's a breath. There's a sense of uh, community because everyone's doing the same thing. Uh, there's a different feel to it. But I like that sprinkled in every now and then. It doesn't fulfill me as my regular practice like lit does because, you know, for lit, lit in and of itself, in my opinion, is the cross training. It's got a bit of everything, which is why my body doesn't get bored with it. My brain doesn't get bored with it. But every now and then I just, and I'll even, I kind of joke like, even though I know it's not good for me, I still go because I just, it's almost like I have to be, have to be reminded. Like, I mean, I, that's just, that's my personality where I'm like, oh, I just got to go. I want to go, you know, do that again. And sometimes, and not sometimes, a lot of times I thoroughly enjoy it, you know? So if, if you're missing that, sprinkle it in, you know, sprinkle it in, go, go take a class every now and then of of something that, um, we've had some of our, you know, yoga teacher trainees say, you know, wow, I, sometimes I, I miss the, the chanting or the, the, the ohms that we, we don't do that. And, um, so by gosh, go do it. Uh, I think you're still going to come back to lit because you know, this is what, you know, what, what, what draw drew me to it is it, it makes sense. It's sustainable. It's smart. And it is cross training. However, Every now and then, it's like you want that cheat day. Well, and it's like, yeah, it's like like when you want to hear different people speak. You know what I mean? Like you might have like a favorite, say, inspirational speaker. But sometimes you want to hear something that's a little bit different. It's so, I totally agree with Kristen. I think that, I think more the point is you don't have to feel bad. Like you don't have to feel like you are tossing 
the baby out with the bathwater. Oh. You know what I mean? Whoever came up with that phrase. <laughs> I know it's not you, but I, you know, you, I love yeah, it, it is. It, you, um, it's a funny one. I think it's, it's fine tuning your own experience. So if you're going to classes where they're doing that, know that it's not like you're losing, you're not necessarily losing something out, but you can practice on your own in a different way or go to other classes as well. I think that, you know, my, my biggest take home message is don't feel that by doing something that feels more modern or met more of an evolution, that it somehow is now taking away from the original intention that you, that, you know, drew you to yoga. Because I think we sometimes have a hard time articulating what is it that we like about yoga? What, like what drew us? Like sometimes most of us fell in love pretty quickly. So how is that different than, you know, going for a run or biking or being on a team? It's, it's, a little bit hard to explain. I think that's what's the mystical thing. It's this beautiful alchemy of movement and breath, and it's just you on the mat. You might be surrounded by other people, but you're having this, it's an intimate experience. And I just want to encourage you to realize that happens, you know, no matter what. Like some people are super against like people playing loud music or playing rap music or something. And I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. I, I think we're adding weights. Like I'm just kind of like, I'm, I think you should be open-minded. Like I always think some people love that, that, that appeals to them. It might not appeal to others, but it's not wrong. I really believe right. fundamentally. So I think that's what you're really asking here is like, how do you hold on to this? Am I getting away from the subtle energy part, no, because everybody has a different, and some people want to just, just roll around on the floor. You know what I mean? It's like, but I don't discount anything because maybe I'm not going to want to go to a, like a, you know, yoga in the dark where there's strobe lighting stuff. That's not going to do it for me, but I'm not going to say it's, it's not, you know, right. it's taking something away. Like I'm really open-minded about that because I think when we start to close off and define like what we think is yoga and what is not, we're doing everyone a disservice because everyone is going to have that some similar passion for it, but it might be expressed and practiced in a very different way. Well, and I think that that is the message that you're getting across. And I hope that is the message that comes across we tell you why we do what we do in lit and why we believe it's better for your body. But the message is never that this is the right way and the other way is the wrong way. No. This is just the reason we do it this way is because of this. So, um, but, you know, someone comes to my class and I see them, you know, doing something that is more traditional. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pick on them. You're a grown ass person, so you can make your own decisions. But I'll tell you why I'm doing it my way, and I'll tell you my reasons, and you can take it um, for what it gives you. And uh, so, yeah, that's where it's a little bit of everything might be just the ticket. Yeah. And I think, again, it's not defining what is and what isn't. I think that's really mm -hmm. important because that's, that's where we're comfortable. We're really comfortable in like, this is a subtle energy. This is not, this is a practice of yoga. This is a practice of yoga, but it's kind of watered down. It's like just, I think the experience that people have is what really matters. On that note, our final question, and I don't have the person's name who asked this, my screenshot cut it off, but she asked, 
I love lit and my posture and body have never felt so great. My question is kind of funny. How do I deal with looking at all the people who have terrible posture around me and not wanting to change or help them? Uh, You're not alone. I think a lot of people, when they become more aware of their own imbalances and then then they feel how much better they can, you know, like move and just, you know, live, um, you want to share it. And that comes from a place of heart. And it's hard when there's people around you. Uh, it sounds like probably friends, family, coworkers, the way you describe this, that are looking like they're not, you know, because people carry their energy, their posture carries their energy. And so there's a sense that you can see that. I just think, talk about how you know, this has helped you, how paying attention to your posture, moving better has helped you. Like talk about what it's done for you. I think that's always the best thing to do. Uh, we can't go in and even if we want to, even if we know, like Kristen and I, you know, as PTs, we we know we can, you know, we want to go in and help some people when we see like the way they're walking funky or, and it's, you know, you have to w- wait for an opening honestly, but that opening can happen by you just naturally talking about your own experience. I think that is the most powerful thing. That's why testimonials are so freaking powerful. Because when somebody says, oh, like what you just said, I feel, you know, your body, your posture feels like you feel lighter, all those things. Um, people are going to want that. So I, that'd be my, my take. But no, oh, no, I was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, no, I, yeah, I completely agree. Because I was thinking, you know, back, uh, in, in Princeton, the home studio, you know, I don't know that I ever saw a lit yoga ad, but it's word of mouth. You know, people start to talk, you know, went because, um, it's when they see you, how you feel, and then you talk about how you feel, you educate them, you know, what you're doing, the humans are interested, humans are curious. And so they're, they're, they're going to pick up on it. Um, so, you know, lead by example and hope that they will hop on this lit train with you um, and you know find the same joy that that you found uh, but the best thing like you said is to just uh, speak about it live it be it and it's catching you know that's that's why we call it lit yeah it catches fire and it spreads yeah and even and we're really not doing much no I know <laughs> and even if say you they you, you know they'd never be interested in taking a class but you can bring in the little some of the elements that you've learned like triple s how you find your upright spine how you give some engagement you could just tell them little things like that because sometimes that might be too much of a leap for somebody to be like, yeah, I want to take yoga like you're taking yoga. But if you're saying, hey, this is what I learned in my class, let me show it to you. That is so powerful. Like it's really, really fun. I remember when my brother, uh, my older brother took a form of um, martial arts. I can't remember what it was called. But, you know, he just came and he was showing me and he's like, oh, this has really helped my balance. And, and, And he was just showing me stuff. And like, I got really excited. I was like, oh, that looks fun. I mean, I'm not going to go and take a martial arts class, but I tried a couple things and it was... So sometimes just showing them a few things, that that can be enough. And maybe it'll be an entry and maybe it'll just be a, for them to p- start paying attention to how they're holding themselves when they're working or moving in life. Yeah, I was going to just kind of point out, um, I think that's really why we started creating these smaller series like the Posture Series and the Office Worker Series 
for those people who aren't ready to take the leap, but it's an introduction, you know, little short 15, 20 minute classes with a ton of education are so much more palatable to someone than, and it's scary. Oh, here, come to an hour yoga class with me. You know, even beginner level for the average person is tough. So, you know, that's an idea too. I know we don't know who, who, who sent this um, question in, but, you know, check, gift, gift the posture series, gift the office worker series. If you're, who you're talking about are people who work at desks all day because they're just little snippets and they're not nearly as intimidating. And it's, uh, it's just a taste that I think can really give you that side door entry into sharing what you love about lit without stuffing it down their throat. You know, 20 bucks, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. Yes. What a great gift because we made these series knowing that there was people who were not going to just sign up for a you know, that weren't going to be doing yoga three to five times a week, but would really benefit from the movements that we specifically curated for so many of us who are working at a desk for a long period of time. So check that out on the Lit Daily. You're already a subscriber and, um, you know, purchase it as a gift, point it out to them, all that stuff. But thank you so much for being a subscriber. Thank you all for listening and, and you know, continue to write, write us. Um, we love getting your questions. You can find me on Instagram and, and send me a direct message there, lara.hyman or Kristen is kbwilliams99 on Instagram. So just direct message us um, and we, we just love hearing from you and all your fabulous questions. And thank you, KB. I love you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, everybody. As always, we're pulling for you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.